0: Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical, actually every musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 30. Our guest is Lauren Lattaro. Hello, Lauren Lattaro. Welcome to Broadway's Backbone. Hi. Hi. So we're sitting here in the Brooks Atkinson, currently the home of Waitress, which you are the choreographer of. So I'm gonna start by reading your credits and we will get started. (laughs) All right, Kiss Me Kate, Swing, Movin' Out, Man of La Mancha, Wonderful Town, The 20th Century, A Chorus Line, The Apple Tree, Curtains, Guys and Dolls, and American Idiot. And then also you uh, choreograph Waitress, and you choreographed Scandalous, and you were the associate on?
1: American Idiot, Curious
0: Incident, Hands on a Hard Body. Wow. And then they also, IMBD, missed Fosse.
1: And they missed Fosse. Did they put Spamalot on there? I have. No oh, no, they to... didn't put
0: Spamalot spam. on there. Spamalot, yeah. yes. Yeah. Which is how I know you. Yes. Yeah. So uh, where are you from, and how did you get started?
1: I grew up in New Jersey, and I started dancing very young and came into the city for dance classes. I was... To only 20 minutes outside of the city so i came in often
0: uh, did you go to high school or perform
1: i went to regular high school regular high and school. then by the time i was in like 10th grade i made i you know i got permission to leave gym class early and go to drive into new york city and take ballet class.
0: So, you took ballet class actually here in the city? Yeah,
1: because I only lived 20 minutes away. So, I sort of did, I started doing like half days in high school and like just getting on a bus and getting to New York and going to Broadway Dance Center and SAB and just dancing for the rest of the day to like 9 o'clock at night.
0: That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Did you go to college for
1: it? I went to Juilliard, yeah, for dance. You went
0: to Juilliard for dance? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it was great.
0: Uh, what did you do in between college and. Oh,
1: I danced for Martha Graham and then for Momix. Oh. And I just toured all over the world for two years, and then I got a little um, exhausted from the touring. I mean, it sounds awesome, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I auditioned for Swing, and I didn't get it. And then I auditioned again, and I didn't get it. And then I auditioned a third time, and I got
0: it. <laughs> so. Oh, so see, IMBD says that Kiss Me, Kate was your role. Oh no,
1: Swing, you? swingless, yeah. Ah,
0: oh, so well. Swing was your first Broadway yeah. show, and mm-hmm. you were Swing in Swing.
1: I was, but I went on the the lead Swing. Um, I was considered a swing, but I took over the role for the first six months. She broke her heel. Oh. So I got the call and then became a replacement and learned the show in like five days and then went on. So like for the first six months I was actually in the role and then I switched over to being a swing after that.
0: So to be a replacement and being a swing, that's a lot to learn something in five days. It
1: was pretty crazy, but I was so young and so eager that I just was like, anything you want, anything you want, I'll do anything you want. So.
0: Wow, and does your brain work like that, like a computer that I, it can just pick up stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, back then it did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. So how did you get your equity card? Was uh, it ironically,
1: you? no, because Swing was Agva. So huh? ironically, the show closed, and I still didn't have an equity card. So when I, my I think Kiss Me Kate or Fosse was my second Broadway show, actually. Kiss Me Kate was actually my third. To get into Fosse, I had to go to a non-union audition. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I didn't have my equity card.
0: Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, it
1: wasn't until my second Broadway show that I got a card.
0: So how was your Fosse experience? Because people talk about Fosse and loving it and also hating
1: it. I loved it. I Again, I was so young and a bit unaware of sort of the politics that were going on inside the building. So all I was I was just thrilled to be there. And Anne Ranking and Ben Vereen and Bibi Newirth were all back when I was there.
0: Oh. So it was
1: thrilling. It was thrilling.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is fantastic. How long were you in that show?
1: I was only there for six months because then I got... Fosse was closing, and I got Kiss Me Kate, so I, I left. I knew Fosse was on its last leg, so I jumped
0: ship. I loved Kiss Me Kate. Yeah, I loved it. It was It's amazing when you get to see a really good old-school show and it's done well. It was done really well. Really, really yeah, well. Yeah, I and loved you, it. Is this where you began your relationship with Kathleen Marshall? Yes, yes. Yes, indeed. And you also understudied Bianca. I did, yeah. And so you did all of your training as a dancer and everything like that. How where did you pick up with your singing?
1: I started singing even through high school so oh, I was did. always singing yeah I always took singing lessons at Juilliard and, and then on my own and I really actually worked really hard trying to become a better singer.
0: That's great. Yeah, I actually just taught at Juilliard for their little cabaret space. I like the fact that their singers have to dance and their dancers have to sing that yes. really kind of mix yeah. it up. Yep. Does Juilliard come with that like get-out-of-jail-free card where people are like, oh, you're Juilliard.
1: It comes, it's a dual-edged sword because there's also sort of some people think that there's an air of, I don't know what, like, you know, snobbiness or whatever, which is there's not. I mean, you work, we worked so hard, but get-out-of-jail-free card. I don't know. I mean, I think it comes with, the diploma comes with, like, this is a person who dedicated her life to dance.
0: Right. You know, clearly. Yes, because so many people, when I ask them about colleges, they say, doesn't matter where you go to college as long as you get a good education unless you go to Juilliard. You can go to you know Cal State somewhere and if you're talented you're talented. Right. And you write it on your your resume it doesn't mean anything. You see Juilliard on your resume
1: it was great for me, but it's not great right for everybody, and I think that's something important to say. Like whatever works for you, just make sure that you're getting great training in the way you want to get, tra- you know, Absolutely. great training. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I loved
0: it. But, did you like being an understudy and going on for Bianca? I,
1: you know, I did. I mean, yes. Again, I just sort of I feel like I had this career where like I was doing all these things that like I was sort of surprised to be doing. So I didn't mind swinging. I didn't mind understudying. I always said yes to it. I. I loved it cuz it was it always felt like it was a stretch, you know. It was like, okay, here I am, you know, 21 years old doing Bianca, you know, okay, great. Wait, so
0: you're in your third probably show by, by I was 21. young. Yeah,
1: I was like 21 or 22. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I was young, but I was also really really eager. You know? Right
0: really eager and so do you still say yes or have you learned to say no no now? I still say yes to everything
1: you still do <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean I'm retired from performing but I I just choreographed an event for free the other night in the middle of waitress and like the guy even the guy the director was like why are you doing this right now
0: the <laughs> so next was moving out
1: uh, was yeah, a... mental Mancha was before that, I think.
0: How was that with working with uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell? Oh, Stokes is the greatest. It that was, was greatest. dreamy.
1: That was dreamy. That was really, really dreamy. Mary Elizabeth mastro Antonio. Oh, dreamy. Oh, I loved so it. So amazing. And then was moving out. For me, it was the most special thing I ever did. It was sort of the pinnacle of my dance career. I was in the best shape of my life. I was taking class every single day. Um, I got to perform Brenda. It was an extraordinary experience. I just, I'm, I'm really, I feel really grateful that it happened.
0: And how was Twyla Tharp? Did you... uh,
1: I loved her. I mean, she's pretty intense, (laughs) but, you know, she's awesome. I mean, you know, the quotables are, you know, one day she said to me, you know, you're a great actress. Now act like a great dancer and put those point shoes on. (laughs) 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 You know, it's pretty intense.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. And how was it going on for Brenda? Did did you do AL eight eight shows a week?
1: No, nobody did. In that show, we we behaved like a dance company. So in that show, everybody... um, did it in rep so like certain people did it once a week twice a week three times a week it was pretty awesome
0: and how was your body holding up with injuries and everything i was
1: fine i was fine i'm a workhorse it was fine
0: have you ever had to deal with injuries
1: uh, yeah i cracked my coccyx on stage in man of la mancha i fell like i fell right on my tailbone and cracked it and then i ripped my hamstring so it would re-crack the coccyx because the tight hamstring would pull the Toxics back over the left, so I've had like a few. Pu- That's a that was a big injury. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: But um, I kept dancing through it pretty much. I think I took a week off, and then I broke toes and fingers. I got, well, I got dropped from a lift and swing, and I broke four fingers at the same time. So I couldn't eat meat. I had to have like people like cut my food up for me (laughs) (laughs) that was it
0: that was it so uh you said you were in the best shape of your life during uh moving out Yeah,
1: like 15 pounds lighter than i am now but
0: But as a i mean a a woman now and a young woman then how have you dealt with body image issues and having to deal with that what broadway puts on women to look a certain way you
1: know as i get older i i was i was pretty lucky how do i approach this yes you have to worry about your body and you have to take care of your body, and if you approach it from taking care of your body in a healthy way, I feel like that—that's—that's that's the best way to sort of walk about the world. But. Um you know, my, when I was younger, I had a teacher say to me, well, you're going to be, you're too short. You're, you know, I was 5 two. Yeah. You're too short to dance on Broadway. Honey, you're never, you're, le-. he said to me, your legs are going to have to go higher and you're going to have to jump, jump higher than anybody else and sing better than anybody else if you really want to be on Broadway at your height. Well, lo and behold, first of all, it made me get my legs higher and jump higher and sing better. <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, not really, but seriously, what it, what I learned is that he was wrong that my being 52 got me just as many shows as it didn't get me because i partnered all the time and i got i was the girl who was in the front getting thrown all around in my weight and my height so my what people thought was an attribute that was a negative was not, and they were wrong. And I feel like what everybody's really looking for, especially in 2016, is authenticity on a stage. That's what I'm looking for now as a choreographer. I don't care for 10 pounds overweight. I'll always pick you over somebody who's just sort of regurgitating steps or zombie-faced or not really interesting. So, I wish I could tell my younger self that, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely, especially in shows like Fosse, where, I mean, I've talked to people and they just said that they were so hard on themselves pretend thinking that other people were doing it to them but they were doing it to themselves
1: yeah I wasn't I I was so young and in such good shape at that time don't forget right you know that it was okay it was just towards my later shows you know you're like well I shouldn't have this pizza should I
0: So, Wonderful Town, you worked again with Kathleen yes, Marshall. Yes, yes, So, has Kathleen Marshall become, like, a mentor to you? Because you also you know, did, absolutely. you're the one that I want with I did her.
1: the Greek show with her, and I was supposed to do the Gershwin show before it got, it, the first time around, then it got canceled because of um, the the crisis, the financial crisis. Everything oh, right. sort of went, went by the wayside. Um, yeah, Kathleen was a very early mentor, whether she liked it or not, and she showed me about being a strong woman and an elegant woman and a creator on Broadway, for sure. I really respect her.
0: That's great. Yeah. And how was it working on the TV show?
1: We had a blast. You did? Yeah, we had a blast. I mean you know, the Brits did it as a lark. It was this trifle, you know, and then the Americans took it very seriously, and, you know, the Americans were rugged. It wasn't supposed to be this, like, serious talent show. It was supposed to be sort of fun and comedic, and, you know, so I feel like the way we approached it and the way it was received just because it was America it was a little different. Right. You know, in London, they like cheeky. They understand cheeky, and here, it, you know, it just didn't quite get it. <laughs> right. Well, but
0: it made a star out of Laura Osnes. Yes, it did.
1: We found her. I remember the day. I remember the day, out of thousands of girls.
0: So you were there for all the auditions? Oh
1: yeah, and then down, she just kept going down at the end, and then she was the final 12, and you know, it was like, anything could happen, because people did really vote. I mean, that was, that was authentic. Um, But we knew right away she was very special.
0: Was that the beginning of you being behind the table and part of casting? Mm
1: Yes. I mean, I always choreographed, even at Juilliard. And then I did always like the Broadway Cares, Equity Fights Aid shows, Broadway Bears shows. Um in Momix we always co choreographed and devised theater together and um I always wanted to. It's just that I had the performing bug. So knew it was something I was saving off. You know, in hindsight again I wish I started a little younger, really just really shifting things, but that was a big beginning. I assisted Andy Blankenbuehler in a lot of his uh, a lot of his work.
0: I know you did Apple Tree with him as the dance captain. I did as Apple well. Tree as
1: dance captain, but like you know, in the Heights audition and many, many, many things. Oh, you did. Oh, you did. And yeah, yeah, just as like one of the assistants in the room, you know, um, before associates got real, like there was a real title. It was sort of a little earlier than that.
0: Oh, okay. You know,
1: now we're really I'm fighting very hard for associate choreographers to get real credit and a real title, but um, uh, uh, at SDC our union, but um. Yeah, so I always like was helping out, but then American Idiot really shifted things for me. Oh, that was the big shift to be the associate choreographer of this hot, incredible British choreographer that you know came over across the pond. It was awesome.
0: Well, I remember seeing you in American Idiot, and I watched you the whole time because I mean it, it was a great show. The o- ensemble was so key to so many things, which is why I love. That's why I started this podcast is because you don't realize that they set the environment, they set the mood and the background. You know, and then the the principal takes it from there. But, you know, I mean, especially the, uh, I think the number that with the nine eleven number when you guys went back on your oh, back yeah. and the legs in the yeah, air. It uh, yeah, it was
1: insane. It was insane. insane. And yeah, it was
0: just... Yeah. Um,
1: Michael Mayer and Stephen Hoggett are geniuses. I'm a very lucky woman to work with them. They're yeah. incredible.
0: So I think the year I met you, when you came into Spamalot, I think you also were doing Apple Tree at the time. Right. You did four Broadway shows in that one season. Is that true? Yes, th- that's <laughs> what I was told. Because I remember your put-in was seriously 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, that's and, right. And uh,
0: I was your partner at the very end of the show. Yeah. And like we went through the lifts once, and you're like, great. And then it was like half hour, and you went into the show. Right. But then you. Gave your notice after like two weeks, or no, your, maybe you were temporary. I gave
1: notice after six months because of a chorus line.
0: You were there? Okay. I,
1: yeah, I did a chorus line. I spent like six months there.
0: You did? All right. Yes, so maybe I did. maybe someone else was joking with you. They're like, she did four Broadway shows? That no,
1: I did. I, yeah, no, it wasn't that bad. But you know what it was? I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you the honest truth. Yes. Moving out was closing, and I got Spam a lot. And then for two weeks, I did moving out and Spam a lot. They let me do that.
0: Oh, okay. Fact, I
1: think they have made this special contract where I like bounce back between shows. I wasn't on every night, I'm moving out, so on nights I wasn't on, you guys put me on in Spam a lot. And it was like this weird two week thing where I was doing two Broadway shows at the same time. And then I auditioned for a chorus line and I got it. And I talked to Casey Nicola. I was in Spam a lot for about six months and I, you know, I was like, Casey's gonna kill me. You know, They just altered all the costumes, and then Casey was totally... Casey, I'll never forget it. He was like, if it was any other show, I'd be mad, but it's a chorus line. I get it. (laughs) So then I did a chorus line, but I was a swing. I was a standby in a chorus line. So what happened is we went out of town to San Francisco for three months, and I'll tell you, at that point... Now, this is like, at this point, maybe 10 or 11 Broadway shows in. It was the first time in my life where swinging was unsatisfying any other time i've done it i've done both all you know understanding whatever it is i've always been fine with it this particular moment for me was to be very honest was really hard i was in such a place of wanting to be on that line and wanting to be one of those people and it you know again it was just where i was as as a performer in that moment and um so when we got back to new york i opened the broadway show but I let them know that I was going to leave as soon as they would find a replacement. But I covered Cassie, Sheila, Deanna, and Judy. So wow. I was like, I'm not gonna give my notice until you find someone who you feel can do all this, but I am gonna leave once you find that. So we worked together so I didn't leave them stranded. Um, and that's when I did app- that's when I went to Apple Tree. So uh-huh. that's the story. So that it was four, but that's but the but. Just so that like people think of it like in this like hubrisy brazen way, but the truth oh, is oh I was like, thinking of it in yeah, a
0: fantastic way. It is, it's
1: fantastic? But, <laughs> it, but what, what I would like, what I think is interesting about it is the fact that it was the beginning of a transition for me, and I didn't understand where I fit. And it was the first time where I was confused about what I wanted to do. Right. So it was like okay, I'll try this. Well, that's not making me happy anymore. I'll do this. Okay, that's not making me happy. Then I did Apple Tree, and then Kathleen asked me to do the Greece TV show. So it was this oh. weird year where all these things shifted in my universe.
0: Well, I love the fact that one you were being authentic to yourself and not just doing it for a paycheck. Right. And but two that you did all the right steps with the right people. You were honest with everyone, you told them what you were going on because that's the way yeah. that you don't burn a bridge. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think I burned bridges. I went back to a course line ironically a year later and did a little Sheila. But, um, that's amazing, yeah, because you you,
0: you know. did it right, and that's by being yeah. a good person, not just talented. And
1: look, dancers evolve. It's not about aging. Somebody said to me, like, how is it aging? And I'm like, aging? What's aging? I don't know what aging is. That's right. I'm not aging. I'm, I'm getting older. Like... I'm getting, I'm evolving. I And every ensemble member will evolve. It doesn't mean that they can't stay ensemble members. It just means that they might shift how they think about it. Or right. they might go into character roles. Or they might stay dancing until they're 60 years old. It, it's all of the above are possible, but being conscious about the shift. Because the shift is inevitable, I think. A bit older, as a
0: person. Oh like, yeah, I think I'm gonna steal. I'm evolving from you, just <laughs> just so you know. So have you gotten the gypsy robe a couple times? I got
1: it four times.
0: Four times. Yeah. That but, is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I passed it twice out of the four though.
0: And so explain that for passing it. Just in case I just didn't don't know.
1: take it like in an apple tree because I had just gotten it in a course line. I gave it to the next person. Aww. And in American idiot. I gave it to the next person because I was like ten years older than everybody else in American idiot. I was only the like it was I wasn't on every night. It was just like emergency. I was really the associate choreographer more than anything else. Right. So it would have been ridiculous for me to get that robe. Yes. So tell me
0: about uh, being the associate choreographer, and you you said it was a big deal. Did you know? I'm ready to make this, I oh, guess, yeah. transition, so yeah. you're ready to be a choreographer.
1: Yes, indeed. And it's scary, because as a choreographer, it's like, as a dancer, you audition, you walk in with this tool belt of technique, and you're like, pick me, I can, but you you have a a way to show off what you do. As a choreographer, you're like, sitting around waiting for someone to like, like what you do, and how often do you get a chance to show what you do, and it's really nebulous and tricky to sort of get work, and it becomes this like, long-winded thing about oh, I saw this piece she did, and then, you know, it takes years.
0: Oh. So how did you go about to American Idiot?
1: I mean, Michael Mayer called me up, and I didn't know he knew me, but he would like, followed some of my work, and he's like, I just think you and Stephen would get along, and I think, you know, it'd be a good... He comes from modernism. You went from modernism to Broadway. You can speak both languages. Why don't you guys meet? And then, you know, he became this huge mentor and, and a huge influence in my life. He's an incredible person.
2: Oh,
0: I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you were also the associate on Curious Incident. Yep. Mm-hmm. That choreography was... It's
1: sick. these guys are awesome they're so awesome you know you're like and you know some of what I learned there I um, am utilizing for wages I mean I'm choreographing off of text like there's no in these pie reveries we're choreographing off of the words Not, not movement you know, I mean, not not music, but, but words.
0: Because that's what I always think is amazing when people say the best choreography in a musical propels the plot, right. propels the storyline. Right. So you don't think of like choreography in a play propelling the storyline, right. yet everything that was done in that show made sense.
1: Oh, yeah, it was insane. Yeah. You know? It was so good. You know, they were the first choreographic, they got nominated for a Tony for choreography in a play the first time ever since 1979 with dances from Rufstang
2: Oh,
0: wow. So it's a big deal. That is unbelievable. Yeah. So also, uh, Bucks County Playhouse. Yeah. I love Bucks County Playhouse. I would go by it all the time and feed the ducks, and I was always sad yeah. that they would have some of the old marquees up because it was just kind of sitting there, yeah. um, wasting away.
1: Yeah, that was a big break for me. Jed Bernstein took it over after it had like gotten closed down. There was like a fire. I don't know what happened with that guy. But um, Jed Bernstein thought it was a very special place, took it over, renovated it with you know, a board of money and... A, you know board of people with money and um asked me and hunter and lonnie price to like do the first season and we did and it was incredible lonnie price and i did the first show back there ever and then hunter and i became this great little team that jed sort of put together and i really like working with hunter he's really a smart young director it's fantastic and uh, and then jed left and then robin goodman is now the head of it who's a broadway producer and you know um, luckily, she kept us around. And then, like, after, like, the first three shows with her, she was like, oh, you guys are good, you know. So, like, <laughs> it became this this home away from home for me. And um, it's a really special place, and I'd like to continue to develop it and make it a place where new work can happen and good things can happen.
0: Yeah, because it's, I mean, historic. I mean, it's
1: historic. You rehearse in New York City. It's only an hour away.
0: Absolutely. It's
1: a beautiful town, one of the first gay towns in America. You know, it's really... Really special.
0: Oh yeah, I love it. I right. love it. I was just down there uh, recently. T- it took pictures. Of, a friend of mine got it. My best friend got his start there, so we were down there, and I was so so excited to Aww. see it, like just regenerated. Yeah. And so, and you're on uh, the board. Or? I'm the
1: artistic associate there. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Hunter Foster.
0: Yeah. All right. Yep. So you've been associate a lot.
1: Yeah, well, that's it's, a different title. A different type yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yes. So,
0: yes. Uh, but you got rid of your associate title and uh, got your Broadway debut with *Scandalous*.
1: Yes. Yes, I did.
0: And how was that uh, whole experience? Because it was. A- I mean, it was
1: a good experience. It just was a tricky show to try and navigate. So you know, it was a show about a Pentecostal woman speaking in tongues in New York City. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, you know, so it was a, a tricky show to sort of figure out um, how, how to make it work. But I was very proud of the choreography. I worked very hard on it. I learned a lot, um, but. Choreographically, it was a it was a lovely experience. I had a gorgeous group of dancers. It just wasn't that much of the choreography in it, and right. you know.
0: I think one thing that, uh, just as performers and as people, we have to deal with uh, disappointments and rejection a lot. Scandalous wasn't well received. No. So how how does that affect you as a person and as a woman, but differently than? Your guys and dolls wasn't well received. It was
1: much more personal on some level because you're a part of the creative team. I mean, but guys and dolls was, was hard too. Um, but when you're on stage, I liken it to like they're both important, but when you're on stage, it's like being a member of the Philharmonic, like a violinist or the oboe player. Mm-hmm. And you have to be like the greatest violinist or oboe player, right? But when you're in front, you have to be like the maestro, like the conductor on some level. So right. does that make sense? Yes. You look at it from the big picture point of view. And then you're like, you know, sometimes the oboe is out of tune and you need to tune them up. Or sometimes the violinist <laughs> is getting a little fancy and you need to, you know, take that down. But um, yeah, it's hard. Disappointment's hard. But, you know, every experience is unique and there's going to be a next one.
0: Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You
1: got to shake it off.
0: Yeah, you are uh, you always are moving forward and i've been watching your career go full but also i know that like real life happens and you have to deal with other stuff how do you do you compartmentalize your life or how do you keep focused on this i think
1: i mean i try and keep permanent but like i mean you know we got married very young my first marriage was right out of juilliard to a gentleman not in the business great guy and because i was so focused on work we ended up getting a divorce and then um i dated an actor for a few years and then now i'm remarried to a doctor who's not in the business but it all has its pros and cons but real life happens along with your professional life and one informs the other so i think part of the reason why those years of me deciding not to perform anymore had everything to do with me going through a divorce mm. and you know growing up and learning from my mistakes and experiences and you know trying to shift the way i look at the world and so i think yes you compartmentalize like, when I'm in tech for waitress, my dear husband has to fend for himself at home because I'm here until midnight. So, yes, I'm not, like, talking to him as much or cooking dinner with him or going out to dinner with him. That, that Those things aren't happening. So we're compartmentalizing our, our lives together right now for this. But I think it's unhealthy to compartmentalize in the sense that life informs art. Right, Art yes. informs life. And I think that that's what makes you that's when you get these great creators if you really let absorb this stuff and like pain is pain is very powerful and pain can be funny and pain can be beautiful and pain can be excruciating and brutal but like you have to feel those things to sort of create those things
0: oh absolutely well that leads us perfectly right into waitress because there's a lot of funny and there's a lot of pain
1: Yeah, yeah um
0: so I, I saw it the other night, uh, and I absolutely loved it. Okay. So um, we'll we'll talk more about it. But there's a lot of hype about the show, um, and and with also eclipsed being the first all creative female team yeah, yeah. for a musical and eclipsed as a play. So two two part questions: Why is that important? And then why is that important to you?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's been a blast, first of all, and I think that. Parody in theater is something we're just starting to talk about. I mean, women in 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 positions of power. I mean, I guess that's why Kathleen was such a big influence on me. I mean, mm-hmm. they're far and few between. So up until this point, I'm usually the only woman in the creative room. It's like me and, and all the men, and I'm you know th- I end up being one woman on a creative team of mostly men, which is fine. It's just more fine if we can have a more equ- a equal sort of opportunity. Professional life. I mean, I think it's like eighty, like eighty percent of shows are directed by men. Twenty mm. percent of shows are directed. That's not, that's not even close to fifty fifty. Not at all. Um, same thing with choreography. The numbers are abysmal. They're a, they're abysmal. So, I sort of liken it to, I don't know. Like, it just feels like there's a there's an open door now where there wasn't, and um, I'd like to be a part of the conversation and, and to continue doing it because when you're when you have a point of view about something it comes across on stage and I think it's it's nice to be a woman and have a female protagonist and really have a clear point of view about that woman and ironically you know for us the people are like well the men are a little fuzzier than women in the show it's usually the other way around and we're like no way really that's so interesting (laughs) I wonder why that is you know I mean you know it's so you try and be as empathetic as possible as a creator but you know when you have your own journey as a, as a gay man or as a straight man or as a woman or as a lesbian you have something i think highly articulate to say about that piece of information right
0: yeah, Oh absolutely
1: so you know
0: well, I was even, when watching the show knowing this i was like oh i couldn't imagine if this story was told through a man's eyes
1: right
0: what would it be like uh and And maybe it
1: would be just as beautiful maybe it would be even more beautiful in fact it'd be a really cool experiment
0: no it would be and i think when i know i go into an audition i don't think i realize oh it's all men behind the table or it's all women behind the table but i think women they're aware of it because uh you're used to being one of the only ones right do you think there's communication issues? Do as a group of women just speak the same language, or do you? Do you we are have?
1: very highly communicative. We're, we're really honest with each other, and um, it's been really great. But like, the, what's great is that we're like cursors, and we're like, we're like, there's we're not like, hey, do you think that maybe you can? We're like, you know what? That needs to happen right now. Go do it. Like we're like a little like we're very masculine. We're, we're not. I mean, masculine in the traditional sense. We're just. Right. You know what it is? We're working. We're just working, and it's like there's none of this like. Hey, I'm sorry, baby. thought you know, like there's no up talking. Put it
0: that way. We're, right. we're pretty hardcore. Uh
1: Yeah. Well, Nobody's I, crying. No one's getting crying. The work done. Oh yeah.
0: well, that's good. Yeah. Well, I heard like sometimes the women women's dressing rooms can be awful. So, uh, <laughs> so it's like to see here, a woman's creative team. It's you know, it's a completely different experience.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. Truly. Yeah. So
0: when it comes to waitress and developing this ensemble, you kind of came into it with a clean slate. And how much for the auditioning? How did you go about saying, this is what I want to create, these are the type of singers, performers, and then on top of that say, this person has to cover this. How did you begin?
1: Yeah, some of it, a lot of the kids were cast, kids, oh my gosh, but the, a lot of the ensemble were cast already from ART. So, oh, okay. So um, we just, we added a few um, more tracks and switched some stuff around, but mostly I inherited the, the actors who I'm very lucky to have inherited because they're all incredible. Um, but yeah, then you sort of, you know, you are you choose cover. First of all, our cast is so small that basically everybody has to cover somebody because mm. you have to have two covers for all your principals. So a lot of who gets jobs, especially in a small show, you know, you know this yep. depends on covering roles. So, and then it's like moving around the stage. You're like, oh, you can't stand right behind Doctor Pomatter because you look exactly <laughs> like him. <laughs> it's like there's his understudy. So, uh,
0: I loved the development of the ensemble, because, I mean, from an outsider's point of view, they could all just be patrons sitting yeah, in the diner. Yeah. And they, to me, I, I could be wrong, oftentimes they were echoing what was going on. In, in, That's
1: what I tried to do. Yeah, yeah. In,
0: in real life. It was a reflection sometimes with the other women being pregnant, that pregnancy is universal. Exactly. A lot of women are going through that. Yeah. And I, I really kind of liked that. And then I liked that the choreography was intricate and smart. I mean, you didn't have flips. But, no, yeah. but yet it was all choreography. It wasn't just staging. So, I mean, how did you come across with that? Because there's a lot of props and eggs and Oh, my gosh. Well, I actually, the,
1: um, I wanted to use real food. And Diane was like, okay, because at ART they didn't. So she was like, okay, so you, you should see you can do that. So I like, was <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So I learned all this stuff about, like, eggs on stage. It's corn syrup and um, half peaches. And you use Easter eggs and you paint them. And I used orange juice and water for butter, and that's what we're still using. Like you know, a noisetteol instead of flour to blow the flour, and we use like chocolate pudding and chocolate syrup, and then we put some sequins in there to sort of sparkle things up. Oh wow! So it was like this alchemy. This was like big alchemy experiment. My husband said he my super my supermarket bill was never higher. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a big cook. So, oh, yeah.
0: And have you enjoyed uh, enjoyed this process? Yeah,
1: I loved it. I loved it. I don't want it to end. You don't want
0: awesome. to, well, I don't think it <clears throat> will end.
1: Yeah, you know, but my end of it, you know, you have to sort of, I remember Kathleen being like, you you know, it's like you birth a baby. You have to, like, give it up now. Like, you have to, like, walk away from it and let it grow up and have a life. And, you know, uh, there'll be a moment where, like, the actors won't want us in the theater anymore. I think it's Mike Nichols who said, if, I, if you don't hate me during tech, I haven't done my job. <laughs> so.
0: So are there changes? Is it constantly, are you constantly here? When I came to buy my tickets the other day, I could hear rehearsal going on.
1: Yeah, we're here. Um, We're here for like another week. I think we freeze the show next Friday, or just Friday.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. (laughs) So when it comes to uh, the audition room in general, what, what are the pros and cons? Do you see actors coming in and doing huge mistakes? I mean, if you could give a young actor an advice of how to walk into a room.
1: I think walk into the room generously and open and memorize. I mean, really I, do as much prep work as you can. And just be authentic, man. I mean, just be authentic. Just go for it. Go big, go strong, go wrong if that's what it is. But right. Make big, bold choices. You know, what do you bring to the table? Why are you unique? That's what's so interesting. Much more interesting to me than like a perfectly pointed foot. I Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, it's emotional. It's like, What are you interested in? Um, But I would say, I mean, so I would say that, and I would say just from a technical standpoint, go to class,
2: right? singing
1: class, acting class, dance class, um, memorize your stuff, walk in fully prepared. I mean, that's what I used to do, only because I was so hard on myself that at least if I didn't get the job, I could be like, well, I did my best. The days that I didn't prepare or ran in and didn't want, didn't really look at my subtext or or slash out my beats and the sides or whatever you you or go to ballet class or go to warm up, that's when I would be like, well, you know, you didn't get the job because you didn't do your subtext work and you didn't you know right. verb it out. You didn't take bar that day and last night you stayed out and drank and then so I would torture myself. So it was like the only way to not torture myself was to just be like, let's go for it. And then if you don't get it, move on. Right. You know.
0: Which, I'm trying to do that now because I think I was much more impervious to auditions when I was younger. Because I also had, like, four or five a week. So I'd right. be like, I'll so, get yeah. something. Uh-huh. Now I have maybe one a week if I'm lucky. How how do you just walk in and move on if you don't get it? How did you do that?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I cried over *Dance with the Vampires*. I didn't get it. I will tell you that. Like I like, cried. <laughs> I think I called Lisa Guy up and like was crying to Lisa. <laughs> I didn't get it. It's been the biggest dance show on Broadway, and they like, cut me. Um, but you just move on. I mean, because you know, there's something else around the corner, and and that's the gig. The gig is always ending and beginning, and it will always end in the begin.
0: No, oh, absolutely. You know? What have been your most special, I mean, you talked about moving out being the pinnacle of your career. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Have you had other amazing moments?
1: Oh my gosh, so many. I love this so much. And as I get older, I just, I like really love it. You know, like, my first probably show, like walking down Shubert Alley, I was like, this is what I've always dreamed of as a kid, you know. I, here I am. It was like mind blowing for me. That night, the night swing closed. Jack Fertel had, to, I was crying so hard. I was holding onto a pole crying because I was so sure that this experience was never going to happen again. And I just remember Jack like putting his arm around me, the producer of Swing, and he was like, who runs Encore, And he was like, honey, you'll get more shows. This is just the beginning. And I was like, but what if I don't? I'll never feel this way again. <laughs> To be, you know, for my first photo show, moving out was awesome. Every day was a thrilling experience. We were high on serotonin and and, uh, all kinds of, you know, our bodies were like on fire. You know, I felt you felt like gods and goddesses walking around for a second. Oh, absolutely, so hard. So hard. Um, American Idiot was very special. Um, Very, very special. Those three for me, up till now with Waitress, you know, are sort of standouts that I, you know. We'll never ever forget. But every moment, you know, things backstage, friends you meet, jokes you do, like also special. The nights spam a lot when like something would go wrong and Hank would go out in front of the audience oh. and crack jokes with the audience or like crazy. crazy Or his Dick Cheney joke that was like kill every night. Oh. Like, those moments were like, you can't even He's like, oh, gosh, if you weren't... To be a part of those things were so very special.
0: Oh, no, I I agree. I mean, and it seems like just looking at your face talking about this, you still love it. Which... I
1: love it. I love it. I love it even more now. If I could say anything to you, like, advice-wise, it's like, try and enjoy it in the moment. Like, because I was so... With so much angst otherwise, you know, it's like, just be present, enjoy, enjoy. There'll be more, it'll come, it always does, you know.
0: Do you like choreographing as much as you like performing? I do, I really love it. You I do. like it even
1: more. Yeah, I love it. Really? Yeah, I love it. I don't miss performing at all. I wow. feel like I did it well. And again I just shifted something in me shifted. I you know, was the way I changed. But uh, I really love it. Now I get to be tall, skinny, old, young. I can I can choreograph anything. I like can I can shape shift. I can be a man. I, I you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I never thought of it wonderful. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool.
0: Oh, that is really yeah, cool. I could be a
1: great actress. <laughs> it's
2: great. I love That's it. so
0: great. And I love that Jessie, she does some of the movement as well. Yes, she does. And it's so great that you incorporate the principles to do some movement too. Yeah. Um, the the breathing, the song where the trio, I love that it's, I mean, it has a modern-esque feel to it. Um, and I just thought that that was really great because it became like a performance art as opposed to being like, we're just singing at you now. Right. That it had it had a like a, a through line I guess with the choreography has a, a feeling through the show which I definitely like that too Good. Um, and so I was kind of like oh they're gonna do it too I personally like that because there's nothing worse than watching you know principals just stand there and then everyone's working around there was just so much detail that I liked Good. and I always think that you can tell the difference when a person's been in the ensemble you know that they get they get that the ensemble is just as important
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: this is great. Uh, thank you so much. I'm grateful to be here. That's great. Well, if I could end this with a with a song that's one of your favorite songs of your whole career or your life, what would it be?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't know. Sadly, it might be something from Romance, Romance, the musical. Like, romantic. Romance. Really? I don't know. I don't know. Or, like, Annie. I don't know. <laughs> from Annie. Maybe Fallen Away.
0: I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Anything from Waitress? Everything from Waitress. Everything from Whitress. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the music is beautiful. The music is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, And Sophia, I think I told you, why. I thought I saw you the other night, and it, it, it was, I just saw Sarah, and I was like, nope, that was Sarah. But her head was down, and she was taking notes. She's pretty great. Yeah, she's pretty great. She looked at me like, do I know you? And I was like, no, and I ran away. <laughs> but I didn't even realize it was her. So is, how is that working with... Someone incredible. of that caliber.
1: Incredible. Which is incredible.
0: Well, you also worked with the American Idiot guys.
1: Yeah, Billy Joe, Green Day. They're awesome. They were so cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do they feel, like, happy to be at part of Broadway? Very,
1: very much. Uh, why, what? why else would they do it? Right. I don't need the money. No, that's definitely, <laughs> definitely, they definitely only true. They don't need that equity minimum. <laughs> no, they definitely
0: don't. Uh, oh, well, excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you very much.
2: Thank you. It's not simple to say most days. Oh. I don't recognize me That these shoes and this apron That place and its patrons Have taken more than I gave them It's not easy to know I'm not anything Like I used to be Although it's true I was never Attention sweet center I still remember that girl She's imperfect but she tries She is good but she lies She is hard on herself She is broken She's gone, but she used to be mine And it's not what I asked for Sometimes life just slips in through a back door And carves out a person And makes you believe it's all true And now I've got you You're not what I asked for If I'm honest, I know I would give it all back for a chance to start over And rewrite an ending or two For the girl